Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. This one will be the third in my trying to get into the holiday spirit and watching holiday films for the month of December. This year I tried to pick some definite unique ones such as the Star Wars Holiday Special. I of course was a little let down by the Krampus naughty cut which left me with not much new to say about the movie which is why I kind of just focused on the new release and what it included. But that brings us to the third movie for the third week in December. This one is very much loved. It's also not so loved by some viewers that are sticklers to the original source on which it's based. When I was growing up, it was one of my favorites for the holiday season. It still is a great film and holds up really well after all these years. Before I get too far into it, I think it's time we announce the movie. Starring Bill Murray and Karen Allen, this is the 1988 Richard Donner-directed Scrooged. This one tells the story of TV executive scumbag Frank Cross, played by Bill Murray, who is putting on a new live version on Christmas Eve of A Christmas Carol called Scrooge. Frank Cross also seems to have lost the Christmas spirit along the way, and simply has no heart, no sympathy, and simply doesn't care for anyone other than himself, his career, and his money. All of that changes when he gets visited by his former boss from seven years ago, who's dead, Lou Hayward, played by John Forsyth, who tells Frank that he's going to be visited by three ghosts, ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. This is because Lou Hayward believes that Frank can still change his ways and possibly save himself in the process. As many of you may know, Scrooged is a radical reworking of the Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol. Upon release, it actually did not sit too well with a lot of the purists out there. They didn't like that Bill Murray was so mean-spirited. They didn't think that it really fit the idea of Christmas. But I tend to disagree as far as that goes. In the original Charles Dickens classic, he's an absolutely awful human being. That's what makes the general story and the redemption all the more rewarding that we can have this character that's terrible make a complete 180 and show that they are not actually that person. To be honest, I think that's why it works really well here for Scrooged because Bill Murray's character, it's actually really funny how terrible he is to people. It's impressive that somebody could be that mean to their assistant and all of their employees underneath them. He even goes so far as to fire his one executive, Elliot Loudermilk, played by Bobcat Goldthwait, on Christmas Eve. It's not just a firing though, it is a straight up embarrassment of the guy. And all the guy did was simply tell Frank that maybe he just lost the Christmas spirit along the way. But Frank didn't see this as a suggestion. Instead, he saw it as a, well, you're going against me, so I'm getting rid of you. This, of course, has a pretty good payoff later in the film, when Elliot finally had enough and went postal, trying to shoot Frank with a shotgun. It also allows Bobcat Goldthwait to have a little bit more to do here, which I think is a good thing. He's suitably over the top, but then again, Frank Cross, Bill Murray, he's over the top as well. All of the ghosts, except for the ghost of Christmas Future, are over the top too. 
So I think you're kind of seeing a trend here. The movie itself is dark, it's mean-spirited, it also has a very over-the-top, light-hearted feel about it. It's almost cartoony in nature. That's almost why I feel that this doesn't feel like a Richard Donner film. Yes, I know he did The Goonies and such, but it doesn't feel like a Richard Donner movie to me. It feels almost more like a Robert Zemeckis film. Even a lot of the satire early on in the film where it's poking fun at some of the trash that the TV networks put on. We're treated to a trailer for a film called The Day the Reindeer Died starring Lee Majors. And they make sure to point out that Lee Majors was a $6 million man. Yes, that reference to somebody who was popular in the 70s and not so much in the 80s, that'll be lost on some of the younger viewers. It's still really funny, and I would love to see that movie. The sizzle reel satire that Frank and his executives are viewing at the start of the film, it's funny as well because it seems to be poking fun at some of the 60s TV show revivals that came about in the 80s. I don't know if anyone remembers the new Leave it to Beaver sitcom, also known as Still the Beaver, but that was from 84 to 1989. I remember being a kid and watching some of the later seasons. But that's poked fun at here. Instead of there being a revival, it seems that there's a full-on remake that they decide to show, and it's called Father Loves Beaver. Yes, I'm assuming the innuendo is intentional. It's also hilarious to me. I really do think that's one of the things that makes this movie work so well, is the fact that it doesn't adhere to any one type of genre. We have comedy, we have drama, there's a healthy amount of satire throughout the entire film. We also get those dark horror-esque moments throughout, which is great. Somehow this movie with everything together, it all blends really well. I think even the last minute added romantic subplot to the entire movie, I think that works really well too. Mostly because it shows us that Frank is redeemable. Having the romantic subplot also shows us where he messed up in life. He chose a career over love. While that may work for some people, there's no doubt in my mind that Frank was depressed throughout the entire movie. It's not so much that he lost the Christmas spirit, it's that he found it with the one that he loved, in the character of Claire Phillips, played by Karen Allen. It seems to me that Frank, with his life, his love, his Christmas spirit, all that went away when he lost her, all because he made one bad decision in life. Do I truly believe that one bad day in our lives or one big event can completely ruin it? No. But what I do believe is that when you have a whole bunch of things in your life that can happen like that, yes, it can definitely change the way that you are in life, even if you're not truly that person. I really like the romantic subplot scenes as well as Frank's redemption because it allows Bill Murray to stretch his dramatic legs a little bit. Long before we ever knew that Bill Murray had more of an interest in doing dramatic roles. Upon doing a little bit of research on this movie, I was surprised to find out that this was a last minute addition. Bill Murray wanted that part added in and I think it was a great decision. It really drove home the point of Frank's redemption in a believable way. Personally, I love the ending to the movie. I know it's a little overly sweet. It doesn't exactly match everything that came before, but it feels like a nice reward for being put through all of it. Even though the whole ride there, it's a joy to sit through this movie. 
I really do think that the darker elements of the movie are carried out really well, just like the comedy and drama. The actual special effects, especially for the character of Lou Hayward, with his rotten appearance, it looks fantastic. We also have some pretty cool rubbery ghouls inside the Ghost of Christmas Future. It's awesome. I really do love the fact that they ramped up the horror element throughout this movie. I almost forgot to mention about the satire. With the way it's presented here, it almost reminds me with what Joe Dante did in Gremlins 2. It's all the more strange that actor John Glover appeared both in Scrooged as well as Gremlins 2. No, there's no connection, but he almost feels like the same character in both movies. It's all the more surprising that when I was reading up on this movie, I was surprised to see that Bill Murray doesn't really like it very much. I guess a lot was left on the cutting room floor. He also had a lot of clashes with director Richard Donner. None of that is really apparent here on screen. This movie marked the return of Bill Murray, who didn't make a movie since Ghostbusters, so that was about four or five years that he hasn't made a film. This was his return to movies. I guess he was envisioning something different than what was actually presented or what was made. Bill Murray did get his way with his script editions, and as Bill Murray put it, ripping the original script to shreds. In some ways, with him not getting along with Richard Donner, it's unsurprising because he has been famously hard to work with. Sure, we as the audience don't get to see everything that goes into a movie. We don't see those onset clashes. We get to see the final product. In my opinion, the final product is a great movie. It's not just a great holiday movie, it's a great movie in general. Bill Murray's performance is great here. I don't think that he has anything to be ashamed about, but I guess since he's not the director of the movie, he'll always have something to say. The last subplot I really want to talk about is Alfre Woodard's character of Grace Cooley and being Frank's assistant. I think that she was great in the movie. She doesn't have a whole lot of screen time here, but with her and her son, Calvin, who is mute by choice for five years after witnessing his father killed. It's tough not to feel a little bit of joy when he finally does utter his first words in years. Not to mention too that this is done at the appropriate time when Frank decided he was going to not care about his job and just simply cancel his live production of Scrooge on Christmas Eve and simply speak from the heart. This is truly a movie that I feel like the critics got wrong, especially Roger Ebert, uh, somebody that I respect. I definitely respect Roger Ebert's opinion. I never really agreed with it very much on a lot of his stuff. He used to give some weird scores to movies that maybe didn't deserve it, and others that were deserving, he wouldn't give very good scores at all. But he was one of the most famous movie reviewers out there, and famously said that Scrooge was one of the worst adaptations of A Christmas Carol that he's ever seen. I highly disagree. Also, Rest in peace, Roger Ebert. Your opinion is sorely missed, even if I didn't agree with it a good chunk of the time. One of the last things I'll talk about here is the fact that Bill Murray, almost all of his lines were ad-libbed. That's fantastic, because the stuff that Bill Murray says is hilarious. It's also suitably mean-spirited. It also just so happens to be really, really funny. I don't think I'll ever forget the moment where he's in the sewer and he says, where am I? Trump Tower? That's pretty hilarious and that's a joke that maybe or maybe not has aged well. I don't know. I'll leave it for you, the listener, to see what you think about it.
Either way, this is probably one of my favorite holiday movies. It's also probably one of my favorite adaptations of A Christmas Carol. I know a lot of people would disagree, but a lot of people would disagree with those people who disagree. So, it probably comes down to a matter of preference. I like what they did here. I think that the script is near perfect. And we're saddled with a great performance from Bill Murray that has a lot of heart throughout the entire movie, even if it's somewhat dark and bitter. I also think the movie is somewhat perfect for family audiences with a little bit of, I guess, reservations in place. Some of the darker elements, some of the more horror elements, even some of the comments that Bill Murray makes throughout the movie, it may be a little much for younger viewers. Me, I saw it when I was pretty young, but then again, I watched a lot of horror films and such when I was a kid. So, while this may be a radical reinvention, a radical adaption of A Christmas Carol, I think it's a perfect one. And it's one that I will probably forever love throughout my life. But with that being said, I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. Also, if you don't do the whole social media thing, drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Why not tell two friends? Or, if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. But with that being said, be kind and good night. I'll see you back here next week.